live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I got a late start today, but I am on till 6. And I've been talking about this week's, uh, what, what really caught my interest this week was the GOP debate on Tuesday night from CNN. And it wasn't so much these guys going at it. It was that I saw a pattern in it of people... Each guy or gal playing a role, getting to a different segment of the audience, but everybody, with the exception of Rand Paul, everybody, even Ben Carson, who I think is a totally honest person, they all, in their different ways, led us to the same conclusion. We need hardcore military action and an increase in the surveillance state. And some of the the facts that these guys trotted out to support that viewpoint to me were not to me. I I've done the research. There is absolutely nothing. I believed in the narrative that they were putting forth. And if you dig in, if you do your own research and you're, and you get the hang of how to tell uh, information from disinformation, you, I think even the most cursory examination, you would agree that those facts are baloney, but a lot of people believe it. They are talking to the large segment of the population who does not think the mainstream media can get the facts wrong in such a big way. And I actually don't blame those believers because this is my job. I dig into the news all the time, but I also have a lot of housework to do and stuff like that. When when I'm doing other things, a real job, even in the car, I have to just absorb passively all the information that's thrown at me. If I put Fox News on while I'm folding the laundry... I'm just absorbing that. I'm not checking it. And when I do it on the internet, I can actually check it, hunt things down, find sources. If you don't have the leisure to do that, you're you're at their mercy. The only thing is you should do it once about one issue or two issues until you realize you'll see that the facts that you're being presented, that there's really quite often no real evidence, anonymous government sources, stuff like that. If you can't really see a picture that hasn't been photoshopped, I would be skeptical. And I am skeptical. Uh, and But even when you get dig in to the Internet, there is tons of disinformation on there. And if you've uh, I've mentioned this before, Cass Sunstein was Obama's information czar. And he wrote him a memo saying in order to kind of stamp out alternative viewpoints of the official narrative of generally speaking, I think he was targeting 9-11 truthers, but he said, go to these websites and engage in what he termed cognitive infiltration, put crazy stuff in the comment section, raise weird doubts, create alternative narratives that have some kooky element to it that'll discredit the whole theory so they know what they're doing and they try to cut off other sources so if you if you are like me and are a skeptic and you kind of dig into your own news and try to figure it out 
I think it's very helpful for people to understand how you do it, how to get started. So give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But first I want to play this, uh, a couple of clips from Chris Christie at the debate this week. So when I said, like, everybody played their role, this guy was playing the scare-you-to-death role. Like, that was his role, was to really make you feel fear. And how he did it, it seemed very manipulative, and I wouldn't have really thought of him as that manipulative, except for that scandal about the George Washington Bridge. The scandal was that his underlings or associates and and he's implicated in it himself that they closed the george washington bridge on false pretenses made up some construction or whatever really screwed up the traffic at rush hour for i think millions of people just to get some kind of political revenge so this is a guy who is that sophisticated an actor that he knows this stuff goes on and he is using some stories that were in the news last week that uh, had some really questionable details, like the L.A. school closing ended up being an absolute hoax. Somebody emailed the L.A. school district a threat, and they closed the whole thing down. 600,000 kids went home, 30,000 teachers. In New York, they had the same threat, and they didn't go home. But but it, to me, he's whether that was a true story or not, whether he believed it or not, he is listen to how he is trying to get in your head get you to put yourself in the shoes of someone who's really afraid this is christy clip one think about just what's happened today the second largest school district in america in los angeles closed based on a threat think about the effect that that's going to have on those children when they go back to school tomorrow wondering, filled with anxiety about whether they're really going to be safe. Think about the mothers who will take those children tomorrow morning to the bus stop, wondering whether their children will arrive back on that bus safe and sound. Think about the fathers of Los Angeles who tomorrow will head off to work and wonder about the safety of their wives and their children. This is him trying to get you to imagine what that would be like so that you can feel fear in the here and now. And he actually said later in the debate, as Rubio and Rand Paul were going back and forth about privacy and the First Amendment and all this kind of stuff, he he said, oh my gosh, let me just look into the camera and tell the people, if your eyes are glazing over like mine at this uh, discussion of how many angels can fit on the head of a pin, when nobody cares about that. They just care about safety. So he was saying it's a totally like esoteric or whatever the abstract question about the niceties of the First Amendment. I mean, we should just collect everybody's data, just move on, get over it, and that nobody really cares. But of course we will care. He's telling us that nobody cares, but but everybody cares. We They're the only ones who don't care. So then he moves on to the next big event that also i will say this is a good opportunity to dig in to the official narrative what happened in san bernardino in my opinion uh there are a lot of unusual or stuff that doesn't fit actually the fbi the head of the fbi comey said that the details in that case just didn't add up the lawyer for the family the family got a lawyer of the suspects who are dead they got a lawyer he said he thought they were framed 
that the, those guys were framed. And witnesses, more than one, on the mainstream media said at the time, and CNN discussed it at length, that they saw three big white guys do that. And there was even something more disturbing, which was a picture of the male suspect dead with his hands and feet bound and his wrists raw from uh, I don't know what. So you can you can look into those details and you aren't probably going to know what really happened. I don't know what really happened. But these are are cases that are you need, you need to get the facts right before you're basing huge policy decisions, big war where a lot of people are going to die. Like I'll tell you in a, a little bit. The stuff that Hugh Hewitt was saying, I, I referred to it earlier, about what what this kind of war was going to entail, and it is pretty horrifying. So I would just ask that these guys would get the story straight, but I don't believe somebody like Christy would because he actually manufactured a hoax for political purposes. So what does he care about getting the details right? But he wants you to know that you're not safe without Big Brother. So let's hear, you can really feel it. Let's hear Christy clip two. We have people across this country who are scared to death. Because I can tell you this, as a former federal prosecutor, if a Center for the Developmentally Disabled in San Bernardino, California, is now a target for terrorists, that means everywhere in America is a target for these terrorists. So he's telling you, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, the most vulnerable people in the most pedestrian places who never did anything to anybody in their lives are scared to death because they're in danger. <laughs> I'll tell you, he scares me to death. That guy scares me to death. He is the guy who says, oh, we don't care about the First Amendment. If I were really scared to death, I would go out and get a gun. <laughs> I would not be scared to death. I would protect myself. It's completely reasonable to protect yourself against other people with guns. What it is impossible to protect yourself against, against is an out-of-control government that wants to take your guns and replace it with this all-seeing eye, this all-powerful police state, this endless war everywhere that causes nothing but trouble for us. So if you, if, are you scared to death? Are you scared to death? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to get to that Hugh Hewitt stuff and give you a few more of, uh, of the most noteworthy things I found about the debate. After this, you can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. And uh, I want to talk about this Chris Christie is fear-mongering for sure. He's telling us we're afraid. He's trying to scare us. But I feel like I, I'm just not as scared as he wants me to be. And he's after something. But I want to know what you have to say. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Sean in Duluth. Sean, you're on with Monica. Of course he's fear-mongering. I mean, this is the same guy during the, that very debate that he'd stare down King Lusanna Jordan. King Lusanna Jordan has been dead for 16 years. <laughs> Oh, I missed that. But he did say he'd... he'd sh- he, he said he'd stare down, he'd tell Hussein and Jordan how to act and what to do and on human rights and so on and so forth. And Hussein and Jordan's been dead for 16 years. So facts are not what he's into. That's, that's, a, fear. 
That's a great they catch. They're all doing it, with the exception of Rand Paul, they're all doing it. And it's ridiculous. But let me ask you, Sean, did you know, you know, it really would scare me to death was something he said that he would shoot down Russian planes without batting an eye. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, I totally caught that. And I was like, okay, so let's just start World War Three. And Rand Paul said that. But I mean, what I find interesting with all these guys and, and this Fiorina is that every last one of them are okay with sending your son yeah. and your daughter and your your brother and your sister to war to die when all of them never served one second in the military they sit there and they wave the flag and they talk all this nonsense about the all this tough talk but in the end none of them served in the military and yet our guys and gals who are coming home in in body bags and in pieces they're the same ones the ones that served in the Senate that won't vote to give them better health care and better benefits that, and better lives when they get home. Yeah, that's a tragedy. As a libertarian, I, I mean, I'm at this point an anarchist, really, but but as a minarchist, if you just look at the government having one purpose, and that's to defend the shores, the the entire federal budget should be defense and taking care of the soldiers. I When I see the Wounded Warrior Project, I'm like, right. you're asking me? You take half my money. You can't take care of these guys? Exactly. Take care of these guys and gals when they come home. I mean, to me, in all honesty, if you've served in a combat theater, you should never pay taxes again. You should never pay for health care. I have had the exact same thought. I thought they should never, you should be able to do that. <clears throat> and it and it's true. And at the very highest levels, I've seen references in the old days to tar, cannon fodder. That's how they talk about these guys. But Rand Paul had the greatest line. He said, if you're in favor of World War III, you have your candidate. And he points to Chris Christie. More on this. Lots of calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Live and festive in the public's Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I'm your libertarian voice on WSB Saturday afternoons from 3 to 6. So we're we've got another half an hour and there is so much still to talk about. The GOP debate, my angle going in was just what do these people have to say? Coming out, I was like, man, these people are trying to manipulate every segment of society one by one. I just played some clips by of Chris Christie just fear-mongering beyond uh, anything I really heard before in that format. They didn't care about the facts, although they delivered them with gusto. I mean, some of these people were contradicting each other on stage, and CNN, our news source, ha- did nothing to correct it. Even when Rand Paul told Marco Rubio that he was being factually incorrect, he was completely ignored. So uh, I'm talking about that. I do want to get to a little uh, crazy stuff Hugh Hewitt said. I mean, terrifying stuff to gentle Ben Carson. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jamal in Atlanta. Hi, you're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing? Um, Yeah, as far as the um, determinant, when you hear a news story, there's incident news or development overseas or anything, determining whether that's true or not, I would just ask myself, you know, you know, who does this benefit? You know, whose agenda does this promote? Or, you know, who, you know, who can, um, you know, 
pivot off it, you know, so whether it's San Bernardino or ISIS or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so. So that, so you agree with me that this is, it's so, it has nothing to do, the media is, I've gotten to this point. I do not think the media is giving us facts at all. I, I mean, some of them are facts, but only if they serve the purpose. And I've also concluded that the government, which I used to not think it was this bad, the government really is not ever thinking what's best for the American people. That at, at the highest levels, it's really about this global system of kind of world power or financial power, the military industrial complex, whatever it is, we're not a part of it. No, no, exactly. And these guys are not stupid. I mean, Obama's not stupid. You know, none of these guys are stupid. You know, they sit around and watch, for example, um, a situation in Syria deteriorate, and then they, they funnel guns and yes. to, uh, to the to organization that becomes ISIS. You know, they they saw it happening. They have they have the intelligence network. You know, and um, and one of their intelligence memos said that they wanted this to happen because it gave them an excuse to get rid of Assad. Well, yeah, it would get rid of Assad or leave him in place and lead lead um, the Middle East destabilized. And then, uh, you know, to your previous caller, I mean, when they send their boys overseas, I mean, they're sending these boys from South Dakota and West Virginia. They're not sending any senator's sons over there. And I know. I, I served. I didn't serve any senator's sons. It's know, really... I were. They're from North Georgia and North Carolina. And, um, you know... It's, it's morally uh, unjustifiable. And I actually hope that I have time to just tick off a couple of the principles of a just war. I mean, it's not right to send people to their deaths. And these guys have to be removed in their minds in a cert- to a certain level to just r- write people off like that and just think of them as numbers on a page. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because the, um, um, I mean, e- even, even when you're talking about... Um, uh, you know, supposed supposed politicians who did serve. I mean, what do they do? They're in the the Air National Guard. I mean, during Vietnam. I mean, what is that? And, you know, and when they didn't, some of these guys have some fishy stories in their backgrounds that you wonder what. You know, it wasn't like a regular guy signing up. That's for sure. No, no, and you know, so so the, I mean, so so to me, I mean, that's that's, I mean, there's just so much, you know, so many different things, but, um, and so many different ways to go. But you know they, you know everything points to you know they they want to send they want to send their boys over to fight, um, you know you know something happens you know San Bernardino I mean there's so many things that that happen every day and only certain ones make it into the news you know? that, and so you have to ask yourself you know why right. did this story make the news? Sometimes like the Lafayette movie theater shooting a guy went in they showed him with like a Nazi flag or something which was a really misrepresented photo. He shot two people in a movie theater, supposedly. I found a tweet from the New York Times within 45 minutes of that thing happening that reported that Obama had been fully briefed while on Air Force One. So in 45 minutes, the information got to Obama, and that got bounced back to the New York Times, which got tweeted out to me, like, why... So that two guys, how did they even know it was that significant? I mean, I see what you're saying. It happens all the time. And that's enough for me to tell people, scratch the surface on the news that you're told. I'm going to Cole and Zebulon. Hi, Cole. You're on with Monica. Uh, yes. Um, to the question earlier, are we afraid of uh, terrorists attacking us here? Uh, I, I am very well aware that it is a possibility they could come to my little podunk town and 
um, committed atrocities like they did in Paris or like San Bernardino. And, and I'm not a, I'm not afraid for myself. I'm afraid for my loved ones. I am very cautious of the whole deal. My biggest problem with it is that I, I see all these um, anti, anti-gun everything all over the place. I've very rarely seen anything that's, I'm not going to say pro-gun, but pro-protect yourself, if that's the, uh, the right way to put yeah, it. Yeah, retain your right to self-defense. That's the best way to keep those people to defend yourself and to keep them at bay. They're not going to Kennesaw. You know, they're not going where they think they're not going to Switzerland, where every person is in the every man is in the militia. Everybody's got an arsenal in his house. Why can't we have something like that here? I'm not saying have a bunch of, you know, Jim Bob and all his buddies rolling around a truck with a bunch of guns, you know, and lynching party. No, I'm saying we should have take our neighborhood, our neighborhood watches, crack down things like uh, burglaries in certain areas, um, uh, home invasions in general. There hasn't been a murder in the town where I live in 33 years. So that's why I moved there. But I'm saying we should take like organizations like our Neighborhood Watch and take it a step further. Uh, have trained officials from, from military and police take select members of the society and um, give them formal firearms and self-defense training um, to help better protect our, uh, our community. I, I've fully believe that we had individuals who were trained in firearms, were trained in self-defense, and could recognize a situation arise, and we could put a stop to it before it even started. And if so. it was well advertised, yeah, it would never happen. And I actually had a bigger picture idea, which was, and just reflecting on the Constitution and World War One, how they deployed troops, it was kind of uh, controversial. There is a difference between militia and a standing army. So a militia is for, if I understand it correctly, is for defense of the homeland, as they say. I would, I'm, I would be in favor of a mandatory militia. As a libertarian, I don't like anything to be mandatory. But if you t- cross the line and say, yes, we should have a government, that's just inherently coercive. You could say the one thing you have to do before even paying taxes is be a member of the militia. There were uh, laws like that in colonial America, and but yes, on the other hand, our as revolution, we fought a revolution. Mainly, the American forces were made up of militia. People yes, and the, it was oral guns and homemade hand grenades made out of pepper and things like that. Even uh, women were required, if they were head of the household, to have a gun and be able to use it in case there was an invasion and just to generally keep the order. But I would go further and say, never have a draft, never have a standing army that can leave our shores. The great Smedley Butler had something he called the Amendment for Peace, and it was about how to keep the armed forces within a radius that actually is defensive, and if a militia everyone is part of, and and as far as the standing army, never have a draft or anything. I mean, I started getting nervous about that when this whole thing about women in combat started bubbling up, and then they said they want to change the selective service, maybe to include females, all that kind of stuff. No, no draft. Drafts are for foreign wars. Have a militia, have defense, but you wouldn't need a draft because everybody would want to defend themselves. It's a question of having people capable of doing it. So uh, I appreciate that. I'm going to go to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica. Oh, hi, Monica. Uh, At the beginning of the show, you had uh, spoken about the BBC, Yes. And they're being government-owned. And I don't know if you've read about it, but uh, there's been a lot in the last year about the British University's freedom of speech, the controversy there. Uh, you know, political correctness is sort of taking over, and they're repressing. As a matter of fact, uh, who was it? Uh, one of the... Uh, I can't remember the name, but uh, one of the publications 
Well, actually, it's not a publication. It's FSUR, the Free Speech University ranking. Spike is the one who covered it. And uh, they've, they've gone to all 115 British universities and ranked them. They did a lot of interviews and ranked them. It took a long time to do it. And uh, out of the 115, 23 allow free speech. Or one out wow. And this has been big news over there. I mean, it's been covered by uh, Daily Mail, The Guardian, The Telegraph, Huffington Post, UK, The Economist, Breitbart News. I mean, all over this country and that country. I went to, couldn't find any articles about the BBC covering this. So I went to the BBC site and searched. And the most recent article they had was from 2012, over three and a half years ago. And it was on the other side, taking the other position. Really? They're, they're acting like this, this isn't even happening in England. I mean, everybody has to know what's going on with the coverage has gotten. I think when I searched uh, free speech, British universities, I go 130 million, uh, 130 million matches. You know, of course, a lot of that is duplicate. But, uh, you know, using Google. But, I mean, they've just completely ignored this story. It's sort of like uh, NBC's coverage of the, um, the, the Clinton server or the... Uh, the 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 uh, diplomat in Afghanistan, his name now, who died in Libya, uh, Gaddafi. No, no, the uh, our, our uh, ambassador who died in. Oh, Chris Stevens in Benghazi. Yeah, in Benghazi. yeah. and uh, you know that they, they mention it. I think one of them. I think uh, Breitbart News had an article last week or week before saying that uh, on the Hillary Clinton servers, one of the three major networks had mentioned it for less than thirty seconds. One. Story. Oh yeah, I I totally agree that they're that they even if there are true stories, sometimes they have to address them, but they'll give them short shrift, like the LIBOR fixing scandal. It was the biggest financial scandal in history, and I bet one percent of the people listening right now even knows what it is. Google it, the LIBOR scandal. Uh, I'm I've got one quick minute for Dave and Conyers. Go for it, Dave. Uh, uh, yes, Monica, it's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, I like history the narrative of history to be truthful, right? And, you know, uh, Chris Christie, he goes back and he talks about how he was appointed the... Uh, uh, yes, federal prosecutor on September yes, 10th. federal prosecutor uh, right before 9-11. Now, the whole idea of Flight 93, I'm a little confused about Flight 93 because I saw Dick Cheney on an interview with Mike Wallace just uh, the Sunday after the uh, shoot-down, and... Uh, he said that he gave the order to shoot the fourth airplane down. Have you ever seen that video? No, and I, um, Dave, I never really hardcore dug into 9-11, but I did watch a, like a five-hour documentary on it called The New Pearl Harbor, I think it was called, on my website. And there are so many unanswered questions that I think there just has to be uh, more of an investigation. I mean, I, I just uh, the the third building. There's just too much. So, but I I don't know the answers, but I definitely think there are open questions. Thanks for the call, Dave. Right after the break, I've got to give you this uh, read you this quote from Hugh Hewitt. Uh, hang on, Johnny. I'm going to get to you too. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So I don't have time to play the Hugh Hewitt stuff. I will post it on my website. He said some unbelievably aggressive things to Ben Carson. Are you willing to kill thousands of innocent children? And uh, it completely violates the tenets of a just war, which I just posted on Facebook. So after the show, I'll put a few things up. And I want to give Johnny's been holding a long time. So I want to give Johnny the last word. Johnny, you have the last word. 
Hey, Monica, it's Johnny Blastoff. I have a few comments on a handful of the co- uh, candidates. I'll run through them real quick. I know you're short on time. Uh, Chris Christine, uh, as you mentioned, does this weird thing where he uh, locks eyes into the camera like he's Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, and he's giving his commentary. Except it's a little bit creepier. You know, like a speech coach is like, we really need to creep out the viewing audience. <laughs> yes. Ted Cruz is slippery. He's a snake, man. He dodges questions like Neo dodges bullets. You can ask him if he likes a pepperoni pizza, and he will go off on a rant about how Marco Rubio's ice cream choice is bad for America. All right, you got one more, Johnny. Give me one pick. Choose wisely. Marco Rubio is a Cuban-American Ken doll in substance and appearance. I have to say, the Rubio thing drives me crazy because when he wants to sound sincere, he always sounds like he's about to burst out crying. Oh, I really feel strongly about this. But let's not get petty. Uh, I'll be back next week, Saturday, 3 to 6. And in the meanwhile, I'll post that stuff about Hugh Hewitt and Gentle Ben Carson on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.